Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Entrepreneurship in Developing Markets. I am here with my always wonderful co-host, Lincoln. Hello there. Glad to be here. Man, uh, there's a lot of events happening um, this week that I think uh, it's worth talking about on this show and how it relates to not just entrepreneurship in developing markets, but other places around the world. And I think one of the uh, one of the big overriding themes is um, government policies and how it, it impacts um, business and entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. There's a reason they call them developing countries. <laughs> <laughs> well, this morning I woke up. I usually check Twitter first to make sure nothing's blowing up in the world. <laughs> check Twitter, and for some reason on my uh, on my thread, I don't follow too many Kenyans, but it was just like, oh, the gov- the government um, policies on just like taxing like taxing businesses and tech companies is is causing a massive brain drain. Uh, in terms of like the tech talent that's leaving for um, the U.S. or Canada or these other countries. And that was just like the theme overall. And so when um, just when we we're talking about this uh, podcast today, I was like, well, shoot, um, Kenya is not the only place in Africa where government policies have negatively imp- uh, impacted entrepreneurship and development. Well, that's the truth. <laughs> that's the truth and and so let's just let's start out a little bit um with just discussing why are some governments so sometimes so hell-bent on on the self-destructive policies where it limits entrepreneurship and um the ability to continue to grow uh, a, a developing economy Right. Well, first of all, the sort of people that end up in government are not normally the sort of people that would be entrepreneurs. <laughs> say that. Sometimes you're, you get lucky and you get a crossover and, uh, and you'll notice that the country prospers when that happens. So you have somebody with experience and the right mindset. But in general, they're two different sets of creatures. And um, so they're those policies that are uh, and, and we should also say that it requires a bit of um, faith in the system or a bit of a gamble to attract business. So uh, governments are often uh, slow to reduce taxes because they don't believe that it will actually attract business. Mm. The, it's, it's a longer term play. You have to create an enabling environment and make it uh, attractive to people who can build your economy. But that might take a couple of years. And a lot of times, policies don't last that long. And politicians don't last that long. <laughs> and you've also made a lot of promises from social programs that you must find right. ways to fund, um, or find ways, or find uh, new opportunities to fund uh, to help fund it. Right. A lot of times, what happens? One of the things that drives this in Africa is that. There aren't really ideologies associated with candidates or with political parties. Mm. They're mostly personalities and populism. And so um, the policy tends to be whatever is going to make me look good right now. 
rather than a long-term strategy that believes in certain principles that uh, a party would try to implement, like you would see maybe in a, in a different democracy uh, about the IMF. They're the yeah. one run your economy just on borrowing. The adult in the room that international mafia. tendency to do is grow, <laughs> but things like going for the tax on social media, uh-huh. uh, and in Nigeria, you know, there was this huge grab for uh, MTN's pocket because MTN was making a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Anytime uh, someone becomes uh, really successful then of course the state's going to try and grab some piece of that. So mm. maybe that's the echoes of that and of what you're hearing in Kenya. Um, people get the idea that somebody else is prospering and I'm not able to tax that the way I am. Uh, imports, you know, it's easy to get a hold of the port and uh, throw a big uh, customs duty on everything that comes through or, uh, you know, tax people when they hold, when they, land or when they have money in the bank. Those seem to be the popular ways in Africa to tax people. You know, you're going to get into a withholding tax on everything you put in the bank. That way, um, in the tech. I get that. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think in the tech space, it, I think right? the policies have actually started to change a little bit because one of the big um, taxes that <laughs> I have seen in the tax space that specifically a lot of right. um, so reason African countries have enacted is around money transfer. Because, bureaucracy and so um, you have a lot the of the, the tech workers in Africa. Um, are uh, either with, you working know, for you know One companies out in freedom of labor in the U.S. or kind of what Europe or other parts of the world, and I so you know how they're getting paid. They're probably getting paid that through bank, allow those, um, allow through bank transfer, free or capital, or buys, or any of these other labor. payment systems I mean, that exist um, out there. And one of the orders, big but, policies um, that's negatively, I think, who have a decent infrastructure who can keep power, has had a huge negative. to do very well. Impact. They're attractive to guys like they've just found ways to tax things through fees. Like for example, some of our team members, um, they they no longer like sending them money has become. It used to be easy. It used to be hard at first. Then it got easy. Then it got hard. (laughs) Now we're back to hard, and preferably it's easier for both parties to pay cash. And we're trying to. (laughs) Out for so it's very strange. They've the started taxing and, uh, um, percentage of money that's transferred. I know in Kenya, uh, for example, uh, in Ghana, for example, solar panels. Um, and the then, payment, in order to make that work, payment, you need to be able to sell uh, that power been used for a now, pretty good price. I think they've levied almost like close to a 20% uh, tax a dollar a kilowatt uh, hour makes on it. 
where if you were transferring money to a friend, comparatively, you're on this that is a great price transfer to a because friend. before you brought or your mini grid in, somebody, guys were uh, running for, a, uh, a like a cab ride, you're getting quality gas taxed on it. And one of my team members were saying, "It's like, well, I might as well not even use they this were burning candles system or anymore." Solar to, device, yeah, all hours great to pay to pay for things. And that's too much. And the villager says, "Struck a wire to my house. I'm a kilowatt hour a week." So easier, but not at the same time. I can run not we to, can't allow that. Uh, you, you, my power. Yeah, <laughs> kill the fintech companies. More than Twenty cents a kilowatt the hour. The biggest growing sector. And the in Africa when it comes to start, especially in the tech space, when it comes left to funding in the last year. and the valuations and of those companies are massive, and now they've also had a, power. Of, he goes back uh, a big impact on building the, the payment infrastructure <laughs> within Africa. Yeah, I mean, it might affect. Bad for everybody. I don't know. I think they call it socialism, but I just don't understand. It. <laughs> <laughs> it's clearly bad for everyone, and the effect has been bad for everyone. <laughs> but, you know, people make these decisions, and they're just either they're very misinformed, or they get some sort of short-term benefit from a press release that says, "Oh, we're you know among a constituency that has poor understanding of economics." And, uh, I don't know. It's a mystery to me. the rate and what happens then is the black market which is the real rate that's what we go they mm -hmm. they they were trying to get the currency's actually worth and Hernsty and we're kind of Wednesday here this morning wished him a, a good I, <laughs> I said okay that's a good way to put access to money capital it's going to stop wasting government resources trying to support a currency it's going to allow free flow of cash to peg that they were mm -hmm. unable to support they couldn't afford to support and it's going to reduce um, yeah, reduce yeah, a lot of definitely. Um, the government because there is. I'll, I'll love to talk about some ex um, some examples it's that make banking easier because we you have, have seen to jump through lately hoops as and do a to credit so that you um, can possibly get access to the impact of official rates. There's just lots of benefits um, to it. Government regulations. So he, um, I know one for that to work. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Sure. Well, it's just a, just not a unique story, but I do have a friend that he first to Dubai and then opened another second Urus then in Italy. He did this in Italy, and so he continues to live of Italy, but he's not going to leave his company. He couldn't accept the amount of tax that was money there and have it taxed, uh, overtaxed by the Italian authorities. So you got to be careful with taxes. We all know we need to pay them, and we're, I think most entrepreneurs are willing to pay tax when they're getting value for their money. But... Um, there's that thing about the, this, uh, in America, we have this thing called the golden, mm. the goose that lays the golden egg. Okay. Goose being a bird that lays this magical golden egg every day. And they think that's pretty good. And then one day they say, next, let's kill the goose. And so the kid said, you know what? I'll bet that goose is full of gold of the golden eggs. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
$400 billion of... Really good point, yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Seem like you got some personal experience with this one. <laughs> What what drives such a decision? Like in terms of okay, the government is always uh, is looking because the university took all their money. Like that's that's the that's the narrative they're looking at. Or what? But what specific like incentive does the government? So then they double down on. Now we won't even have to pay for it. It's going to be free money. Implement such a policy that kills um, emerging uh, sector of the economy. Oh, that's a good one. Write your loan uh, processor a letter and tell me. <laughs> I mean, raise the ceiling. It's okay. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah, yeah. That's a it's a problem everywhere, mm-hmm. uh, and and I I guess I hope that people figure out economics, and I think most people do. Painful mm. experience before they can figure it out. Yeah, this this kind of brings back the not do it again. Um, while. brings back the idea of like currency protection that happens in Nigeria as well, right? Uh, where the Nigerian era is a uh, is a is a always is very moody. Yeah. <laughs> and the black market. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, so they've turned two directions. You don't need to rotate power, and they're probably not going to. Do. It is a great place. It's probably really <laughs> difficult to what they can do it, and they're becoming a dictatorship as a result. But. Um, are unlikely to have that's being killed and many of them moving abroad. Uh, and Kagame was able to branches that allowed Rwanda mm-hmm. to do what it did. Almost every member of his cabinet had a PhD from me as an American because mm-hmm. it's more likely that you be from an American university going to get enlightened of policies trees around it and that's a success story. The uh, wise about reflow of capital is Dubai, the Emirates of the UAE. Uh, that's that is uh, seen to be president who is uh, uh, the leader of the country who is oh. helps people get in and out and he's taken a, <laughs> uh, a, a capitalist sandy little well, strip I'll, of I'll, desert. I know one of the things that uh, we discussed world. before. So those are two countries that stand out. Enjoy um, rotation and I want to just go to it. Is, um, I want to jump across. Lieutenant Rawlings. Uh, Atlantic. Uh, Ghana's not doing it. Allowed himself to um, You got a story to share with us. Well, um, not really jump across, uh, but just not too grabby. Unlike uh, invest in Yeah, Mediterranean. Yeah. Yeah, same water. If you want to just start off easy. They speak English and stuff. 
and you know, uh, yeah, you, you, you. <laughs> hey, and we want a full report on that. Go along with that. We'd like to hear all about it. <laughs> mm. That's great. Maybe we should do a pod <laughs> business in Africa based on our own thing like that. But, but certainly with an episode on at least one on, on the marriage and the process. Oh, wow. Yeah. I have to listen to what people do and know what they say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 um now yeah that brings up another point what of something that just happened less than eight hours ago, and that is the uh, the Supreme Court um, striking down the student uh, for uh, Biden's student forgiveness. Uh, what was it like? Act for yeah, right. And this one is a little bit interesting because um, this is a policy of the of the government um, letting what I would call private, semi-public enterprises uh, run with um, with giving them unlimited amount of uh, leeway in terms of how they uh, price their product, which is colleges and universities, right? And them being able to price, yeah, and them creating a whole entire generation of the basically the the golden egg that's that you need to be productive as as possible and lay and lay the eggs where now this generation is trapped with student with student loan debt now everyone can debate hey you know like they decided to take the student loan debt um and and they need to pay it off but this is a policy where the government stepped into education and said you have a uh, colleges have a blank check uh, in terms of, you know, you can get, students can get as much as they, as they need for their education. And it's now starting to backfire because now you have a ton of the next generation of entrepreneurs that may not start businesses or may not create the next industry because, you know, they were having to worry about well, maybe forty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000 in debt that, that they owe. And, and they might have to just do traditional nine to five, less risky, uh, less, sometimes less rewarding uh, career paths just to, just to make, not even pay off the debt. Yeah. Because they can't afford it. (laughs) Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Link. I got I got this running joke right now where I'm like, you know, 
what's the point of paying back your student loans anyways? The government barely pays back their loans. They just keep raising the ceiling. (laughs) 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 Yeah, you raise your debt ceiling. (laughs) So, but, you know, unfortunately, that's also another... That's another example of policies that backfire and uh, potentially hurt the economy as well. That is not necessarily just in developing uh, markets. Well, um, hopefully the, the generation that has to go through the, the painful experience aren't having to do it in their, in their 60s because at that point, it's their least productive, um, not least productive, but um, they're approaching the age where they should be able to not have to work as much. But, and so um, with all of that that we just said, what are some countries that are doing an amazing job in terms of enacting policies. I know one country that has continuously just popped up everywhere I read is Rwanda, right? Um, they're, they're doing a pretty good job of building their economy. And what, in, like, what, inspired, like, what inspired that? And why have they taken such a dramatic turn over the last, what would you, what would you say, like eight, nine years?
had to, I had to do the West Africa for beginners. So hey, <laughs> now I'm gonna go get married in uh, Nigeria. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's called writing a blank check <laughs> and see what the numbers come out. <laughs> oh man, I. Oh man, I well, I'm going through I'm going through it right now. So uh, I think uh that podcast will be really interesting and and it will be my first time ever going back to Nigeria since I left when I was 6. Yeah. So <laughs> so coming back to get married. <laughs> mhm. Yeah, I've I've definitely seen it. I've seen it in just watching from afar and also working with some team members that are Nigerian and just the the shift and the the the, the energy. They're just overall Nigeria has a long way to go, but I also feel that I I hear a lot more positive things um about it overall and Nigerians overall are very pessimistic by nature, but even you can still see in the pessimism that there is a lot of hope on, on things that are happening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, um, let's wrap up this episode. Um, if you enjoyed this episode, Uh, Go to your favorite podcasting app and leave us a review and we will catch you next time.